Welcome back to the History of North America Extra. I'm Mark Vinette. The Dead Letter, Chapter 11 Departing, Wade and Julia walked through several Trinity College buildings to get to their car. This alternative exit route allowed them to soak in the illustrious architectural history of the prestigious learning center founded in 1546 by King Henry VIII. Wade relished walking the halls once graced by many academic luminaries, such as physicist Isaac Newton. Shortly, they were back on the highway heading south. Wade planned to visit, that afternoon, three more London-area heritage sites associated with Queen Elizabeth. He voice-commanded the vehicle's GPS with their next destination. Julia did not question the choice of location preferring to let Wade tell her in his own due time. A tinge frustrated, Wade fired off a missive to André Barthélemy, probing him for new information regarding his client's lineage. Barthélemy always worked fast, but today, Wade wanted him to work faster. Barthélemy was a proud Frenchman from La Rochelle on the West Atlantic coast of France. Adopted at a young age, his nebulous ancestry was the impetus for a fruitful career as a professional genealogist. He rarely traveled, having spent most of his life living by the sea. Barthélemy gave an immediate response to Wade's message. He had found no certain blood connection between Sir Francis Walsingham and Robert Walsingham Denny, Wade's client. But Barthélemy stressed that his research was not complete and thus might change his conclusions with any new forthcoming information or data. Wade digested this analysis and pondered. Perhaps Wade's client was just a wishful ancestor, one who has no direct familial ties with a famous person in history, but deeply wished a connection exists. These wishers usually wore their given middle, or family name, similar with their supposed ancestor's name, as misleading badges of honor. Wade answered, imploring Barthélemy to keep searching. Also, since Hewitt knew nothing about Kate Arden except her name, he wrote the Frenchman about the seamstress and asked him to look into her as well. Julia was making good time from behind the wheel. She merged her jag onto the London Orbital Motorway a 117-mile highway that encircled almost all of Greater London. Driving southwest, she diligently followed the car's navigational system, guiding them to their next stop, Hampton Court Palace. The Royal Palace, about 11 miles upstream of central London on the River Thames, was built in 1515 for Cardinal Thomas Woolsey, a favorite of Henry VIII. In 1529, as Woolsey fell from favor, the king seized the palace for himself and later enlarged it. Along with St. James's Palace, it is one of only two surviving palaces out of the many owned by King Henry. The Tudor king celebrated his first Christmas with his fifth wife, Catherine Howard, at Hampton Court Palace in 1540, and there married his sixth and last wife, Catherine Parr, in 1543. The palace remained in use as a royal residence for the next two centuries. Today, 
Hampton Court is open to the public and is a major tourist attraction. Visitors especially enjoy the lovely gardens, the state bedchambers, a large number of artworks from the royal collection, and the vast kitchens capable of feeding the king's entourage of a thousand people. On his many past visits, Wade never missed visiting the oldest extant real tennis court still in use for the game of real tennis, an older version different from the present game. Turn here, Julia, Wade pointed towards an off-limits private parking area. Hewitt has arranged for us to meet with the director of the museum, a man by the name of Phil Gregory. Once stationed in the guest visitor section, Wade removed himself from the yellow speedster and shook his legs to get the blood flowing. He took a deep breath, then another. He consciously filled his lungs with a fresh air of Tudor glory. This, he thought to himself, is history at its best. Julia joined Wade's side as he marched towards the main entrance. They traversed the base court and entered the inner grounds of the complex through Anne Boleyn's Gate, named for Queen Elizabeth's mother who had been executed, beheaded by her father, King Henry VIII. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-218-6010. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-218-6010. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-218-6010. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. I'm Mark Vinette, and I hope you enjoyed the listen. Doctors endorse it, nutritionists recommend it, and customers love it. Calotrin Healthy Weight Loss. Ron in Texas lost 35 pounds. Marie in Pennsylvania lost 117 pounds with Calotrin. Diane not only lost weight, but she also found relief from arthritis. Lynn lost over 45 pounds. Calotrin contains collagen, the most abundant protein naturally occurring in the human body which decreases as we age. Taking Calitrin promotes better sleep, more energy, less joint pain, and best of all, weight loss. Calitrin has an amazing 86% success rate with their 90-day supply. And this week, take advantage of their President's Day sale. Buy the 90-day supply and get an extra month free plus free shipping. Ordering is so easy. Just text the word HISTORY to the code 30605 and we'll send you a link to this special offer. Again, text HISTORY, that's H-I-S-T-O-R-Y using the code 30605.